0: Good morning. We're in the third page of the introduction of the Das Seferim. I to first conclude that and then go on to two other sets of Marmachemis for the introduction. And then in a couple of weeks we're going to start the Pusik with some ideas of where it's coming from. Yeshua and Shaiften are not one of the Sifr and that are really one was split up by the Church. They're really too firm, but they're as closely related as you can get because the Hemshech and Sheftim is obviously building on the key things that happened to Yahshua. So we're going to refer to, not having done it yet, we're going to refer to some of that as well. On what says Da base in the Dasei from the third of your handout, we're discussing the Sheftim and the systems they had and where the central Sheftim was needed and was called upon and that the Tkufa, which is going to last around 350 years, had many positive results and also had mechzolim for, of course, some of the people and sometimes all of well was involved. We're going to start in the third paragraph. Beyeser nisrabu ha-machzolim la meis ha-shayftim Actually, sorry, we're on page Gimel. Let's go to that. We, we saw that paragraph. Ready to go to page Gimel? The third paragraph in. <clears throat> Everybody have it. That's the dasay from on top. <clears throat> which means thus far we're discussing the mistakes that will be made, and all sefer is written to focus on the mistake and magnify the mistakes so we can learn from them. Uh, this next line is interesting. Ulam. Paragraph begins Ulam. The Yisrael ba'eset kufa ha'yugam machshavus ha'cheiris sh'hlerak naku b'marchem shal p'shuteyam Not only were some of the Hamanam and the lower Madrega people thinking, Ela ha'yugam b'daytem shal shayftim ba'aset ke'gidon. A gidon was a shayfet, it was a tzadik, a saint k'la Yisrael. We have wonderful things, obviously, to say about what he accomplished. Uh, he voiced something which, interestingly enough, sort of got him the job of the Galil Yisrael, even though it was one of those things like like what Chani Amagel did, and they sent him a message, if you weren't Chani Amagel, we'd put you in Chayim. Like a, like a Rav Levi Yitzchak moment, if you'll call it, where he was Tavea, the covet of Chalil of Yisrael. And so don't try this at home when we get to... Gideon, these lines, uh, he said it in pain for Kla Yisrael and frustration for the Matzav. But that from is bringing it out that what he said, Lashem Shamayim, which is why he got the job because of it, others, lesser people, people who weren't so uh, developed in the Kafas Achaim, had Tainas on Hashem, why isn't Hashem helping us? Which is Kfir. So what Gideon will say sounds like that. But it's not clear because HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows in the recesses of somebody's heart when he's saying it out of pain like Levi Yitzchak would that Chai needs help. Not that we have tainas, we understand why we don't deserve more, but we're asking for Rachamim anyway in which case HaKadosh Baruch Hu will say yes and we're going to start to help with you and you have the job, go save them. Versus when somebody has Tinas, because people have Tinas. I davened and I don't understand, I davened and Hashem didn't deliver. That's clear. We all think like that from time to time. So you can still touch your wine. You can touch my wine, your wine, we hope. Uh, but the fact that something is a kfirah, uh, any chesarin ebitachin, is some level of kfirah. So he's using Gid as an example where it was used well, but the underlying theme is there. La Hashem me Yisrael, the Yisrael tviyas me Hashem. second part's not right. Chai Yisrael came into Israel, riding very, very high, and having everything done for them, and knew full well they were the and understood it, and understood their role. And everything that accompanied their successes. The original conquest in Yeshua, which, when we start say for Shefton, you'll see clearly, was not finished. But they made quite a reshim, and they had conquered much of it, and it was relatively easy. It wasn't all like Yericho, where they walked around, Davin blew a shafer, and the walls came down. Haraya, the next one, I, referenced by Rashi in this past week's Parsha, was a disaster because one person didn't have air, and there's Arvis. The Suggi of Arun Shabbos is to do with the Parsha was about I, and Shayftim is all about Arvis and the responsibility. But barring I, Most of the battles fell closer to Yerichoi in terms of the fact that they clearly saw Yad Hashem. And that's something you can get used to without constantly realizing that every time you have an ace like that, it triggers a greater need for a Vedas Hashem and more responsibility. So much so that by the end of the Tukufus Sheftim, they're going to go to their leader, the greatest Sheftim, one of the greatest Nevi'im, Shmuel, and say, we want a king. And he said, what do you want a king for? And Hashem will say, it's not you. How are they rejecting the Kosh Baruch by asking for of It's the answer is, depends on why you're asking. And they asked because they wanted a little bit more natural living and further away, like not sitting in front of the Rebbe in Sheer, And uh, if you're further in the back, you could uh, have a little more wiggle room. So it started to make them feel uncomfortable. They're taking for granted that we're going to be Zeche and nisim. Without realizing that every time you get the gift, it requires more of it. Hashem. And for some people, that's a little hard to live up to, even though it's a wonderful gift and opportunity. And that's what he's saying over here. They did it relatively easily. And when they came, all the cities were built. They didn't have to do anything. It was already stocked. All the stores were stocked. And the farms were ready. Everything was good. Yisrael Dima, that was the first generation. That's what's so nice about this last part of the introduction. He gives you a world view of what they were expecting for the Tikkun Olam in general. They said, this is Gavaldik, conquering the land relatively easily. It's clear to the Yom of the Amenivcher. We're going to settle here and Mashiach going to come and we're going to come to the ultimate Tikkun. And these going to be and they're going to come visit us and... Uh, and asked to learn and all the wonderful things that will happen. Hold on to it. That didn't happen. It happened in the time of Davon HaMelech more than any other time, time of Shalom HaMelech, but it didn't happen long term because Kleisol has to be as close to perfection as possible before that happens, and they didn't get there yet. But this is what they dimu is. This was their dream. ma'her which means they didn't want to rule the world because they were uh, Romans looking to conquer for the sake of conquering, and they weren't Alexander the Great. Uh, they were looking to have dominion in Ruchnius that all of the Umezayin should be makir, which is our purpose. and the reality on the ground was that there were many wonderful yidin who were doing what they're supposed to do, but not everybody held the madriga. And of course, Baruch Hu sent them quick reminders in Hashem's Midas HaRachemim through the agency of nations who were two-bit nations with two-bit armies. They weren't attacked by Rome. Rome didn't exist. Uh, They weren't even attacked by the major world powers of the time. Their immediate neighbors, Aram, Maya, Midian, Amalek. Amalek is a nomadic tribe. They were fierce fighters, but they uh, weren't an organized army. And this is Klay Yisrael, the peak of their power, and it didn't help. Because Hashem sends a reminder, he's going to let anybody win just to show you you're not such a Kanaker, and you have to get up earlier for davening and and learn better and and do everything more perfectly, as Klay Yisrael. And the theme of sheifdom will be the up and down of that reminder and the truva process. Especially the plishtim. We're going to have a lot to say about the plishtim. Uh, for those of you who were here many years ago when we started Malachim uh, Shmuel Aleph, actually, uh, we find the plishtim there as a mortal enemy, and Shaul's dealing with them, and Dove is dealing with them. They rear their ugly head beforehand, they keep coming back like a bad penny. And one of the first things we're going to investigate, still on in our introduction, is the Gaza Strip. Is this Gaza Strip part of Ritz's you look at all the maps that they're trying to draw for Yeshua and Shaitan, what they conquered and what they didn't, the Gaza Strip is left out. And, and there's a little confusion. I'm going to try to clear up the confusion of what role it has. Is it A.T.S.W.L.S. or well, not well? What level A.T.S.W.L.S.? Well? It's pretty, uh, pretty important, Shaila for today, certainly what's transpired there in the last uh, four or five decades. So the plishtim of all these nations, they all caused trouble at one time or another. The plishtim had a record of causing trouble for a longer amount of time.
1: Uh, so we're going to get there, Yeah.
0: That's a good question. Uh, The answer is yes, there's (laughs) Mechem Eshoshos. The question is, we have to figure out what was part of Eretz Yisrael in terms of what was promised to Abba in last week's parsha, what was promised to Klay later on in Chumash, and what then is extra and continuate for Mohammed Sushus. And that's pretty important for all of Tehra and Shafdim just in the last uh, 40, 50 years. It became obviously more of an issue to some people more than others. We'll get back to that. And here's the most crucial part of the introduction, the Achilles heel of um, any human. It's a uh, works on this, especially for Yidin, is that the Amenifcher and the status of the Amenifcher and the Machshava of always remembering the Amenifcher is crucial and there are many arguments in the Sahara that will tell you as an individual or get enough people to say it as a nation. It's happening today more and more. Look at J Street. Uh, is that we're not the Ahmed and this uh, wasn't right, you shouldn't conquer. I'm not saying we shouldn't have conquered recently. That's the machlekes in the bowl. That's the machlekes. I'm not discussing that. I'm discussing the fact whatever's going on on the ground in the modern era the Amenivcher status is never going to be taken away. Even the B'sukim that suggests that Hashem's wrath is going to be taken away by the korban, the B'sukim we saw six, seven months ago. We had the Sheva the Nechemta. We had them. We just finished them uh, recently, and they we're not being traded in. And at the time of the Sheftim, where they're pretty fresh in Israel, and then all of a sudden, everything's going so well, and this two big nation, Ram attacks, and then the plishdim attack, and then... They didn't know what hit them, and some people felt, well, maybe the Mahalach is wrong, and maybe we're not supposed to be doing this, and maybe... So the part they weren't supposed to be doing was Averis. The Mahalach of well belongs to them is not debatable. But you can imagine people on the ground started having sphikas, and those sphikas, for many people, became more entrenched than the theme of Malachim Beis, which we spent a couple of years on, is that some of the kings caved in and said, you know what, uh, this isn't working. This experiment was very interesting, but didn't work. And they started doing and all these horrible things on purpose. All these malachim we learned about, Yo and Achaz, out of depression that not working, we might as well be That's been repeated many, many times up until and including the Holocaust. And can't blame anybody who went to the Holocaust, that's for sure. But Yetzirah certainly has room to play. And that's what he's describing over here as part of the challenge of keeping focus on what you're supposed to be doing and the fact that whatever you're doing doesn't always work in life doesn't mean it's the wrong mahalach. It could mean that you're supposed to check your systems to see if you are getting everything right and to make sure that you're doing it right and everything in is sent. So you should always be mefash shemayisav. That's all true. It's still true. But if you check and recheck and the Messer still tells you, no, no, you're doing the right thing, it's just the regular day-to-day L'fum Sara Agra, Paraj Rashe, yesterday, then that's fine. You have to keep on doing it, not get off track. And that's the challenge of day-to-day life, and it happened here in Sheftim. So again, after the attacks, and started having some people doubt the accuracy and the truth of the derech is supposed to take, which is very different than any other nation. <speaking in Hebrew> which means the chiv <speaking in Hebrew> of We will emphasize this when we get to the pesukim. But the first theme in shevton, the first few Prakim, is more about what they're not conquering quick enough than what they are conquering. And the reason is because Lazar Chayakal Mashama is a danger. If you don't do it quickly and execute the plan quickly, they're going to stay. And once they're there, no, they're not so bad. They'll pay taxes. I'm going to throw them out the next village. And then all of a sudden, the next village becomes your friend. You start checking out, and they invite you over, and you invite them over, and uh, you could start picking up things. And they were forceful about their Mishagasin of the varazara, and it seeks in which is the problem of having an association with somebody who is not on top of uh, true Hashkaf HaShachayim and people are doing bad things, which is why you've got to go to the office and work very hard. L'Shmo, if you have to be there to the extent you have to be there. L'Shmo, L'Shem, Mom and and to make a Kiddush Hashem, and be cordial and say good morning, and making a Kiddush Hashem is being nice and treating everybody nicely, but they're not on your team, even though in corporate America today, everything is the team. They're not on your team, and that uh, something has to be housed over many, many, many times. They could be nice people, and uh, you could help them. They could help you, but the social aspect is the biggest danger. You say, what's the biggest danger? I'm not becoming Italian. They're not becoming it. The answer is, Mitzvah Shem, you're not becoming them. Uh, Whether well, they become you. If it's the true geirists, okay, if you really inspire them. But... It's not a question of becoming. The question is, is 5% rubbing off? Is 10% rubbing off? Is anything they're saying, doing, anything you're hearing rubbing off? That's what's going on over here in Shaftem. It's the first time they had this because they just left Mitzrayim. They had it for a couple hundred years in Mitzrayim. But now for 40 years, there was nobody around. Surrounded by anonymous all day focusing on the Dvar Hashem, which is a wonderful preparation. And now they're in Yisrael, and all of a sudden, they have all sorts of neighbors doing all sorts of very undesirable things. And the Yisrael's job was to make the people feel that, you know, it's not so bad. And they're really nice, and they're trying to be helpful. Maybe we should lower the taxes. We could let them stay there. So let them stay there is, if you're in Milan, or you're in New York or Los Angeles, you have to keep in mind, it's their country you're visiting. If it's AIDS, it solves our country, and the foreign influences are not supposed to be there. Today, there's nothing we can do about it. We're still in Gullah's conditions. I'm not suggesting... uh, That was brought up in the Knesset already once many years ago. I'm not suggesting we throw everybody out. there. It's not the time, and uh, we can't afford to do it. But in the time of the Shaftim, that was the mandate... Next paragraph. And because of this contrast and this conflict, there were always two schools of thoughts and two different types of people. Many people came to the conclusion, perhaps most people, that you really have to do Avod HaShem seriously and all the time, because every time they had a slight lapse in their madriga, Aram attacked, and then the Plishtim attacked. They were woken up very quickly. And that, for the good people, spurred them on to do more, which was the purpose. Uh, if not, they saw it. That was one group. The other group. They had some of the people with Chromadeus that started seeping in. And there are many people delving into Avodah not because they had a natural affinity toward it. It was more out of desperation and depression sometimes that, well, this isn't working, maybe we check out what they're doing. So might doesn't make right, and the fact that somebody's doing well doesn't mean that they're right. You, there's a, a compass of what the MS is, and Kleistel had that, and they had, the challenge was to hold on to it no matter what's going on. They looked around, and some of the umos that they had in their midst, and some of the surrounding nations looked like they were doing well. The grass is always greener. So it looked to them in their shallow view that they had an easy life and less mitzvahs, and that was our discussion yesterday morning. It's the purpose of the more mitzvahs is to keep us out of trouble. The fact that somebody uh, kicks off his shoes and is sitting by the beach it doesn't mean they're happier. It usually means they're bored. And even if they think they're happy, if that's not their tachsachayim, so then it doesn't get them anywhere. But the Eight Hara plays on it. Amram, The good news is, usually after the Einish was sent, most of the people quickly did tshuva and fixed things up. Avali should be made. Rabim min ha it's going to set in later, certainly by the later Malachim, after the kingdom splits with the Malchi Yisrael, ending up with the korban and the Golos of the Asar HaShvatim, and then the Golos of Yehuda. Baruch Hashem, we uh, finish with that, and we're not going to be returning to that soon, but that's part of the general picture. And then he tells us when it is, dating-wise, that, uh, the dates he gives in the last line, um, 2517 to, to 2883 is around 350 years, which is the Tukufa we will be focusing on of the, of the Shaeftim. Okay, go to your second copy, and uh, this couldn't be at a better time. This is from, again, this past week's Parsha. If you want to discuss Safer Shaeftim, most of it in the underpinnings is in Lachlacha. So uh, there's a second set there. <coughs> I will show you something which uh, you might have picked up as you were being my residual last week. There's a three-way stira. there's a stira of two sides, but there's two rashis seemingly on one side and another rashi on the other side. Let me just put the disclaimer before I show you this, theologically there's no problem either way. Eitz Yisrael inherently belongs to Klai Yisrael. Kosh Baruch says it and repeats it all over Chumash and Tanakh. The question, I would say historically, but there's an argument that how long the and what was going on. And one is easier to explain to the UN than the other one is, but it doesn't make difference because whatever we say is irrelevant anyway. So that part, uh, just in terms of PR and Hasbara, I think in today's environment, uh, it's probably a subject better left untouched in either direction. With that disclaimer... The question, the hakira, is as follows: Did we conquer Eretz from Canaan, or did we have Eretz Yisrael first? Did Shem get Eretz first, and then Canaan stole it from us? And when we came back from the Midbar, we took it back. Again, theological is not nafkamina and I'll show you why in a moment. The Rashi in this sixth parsha says clearly in one direction. Anybody remember what he says? Right, well, it's right here. <clears throat> Kanani i Avram, come says this all. The beginning of lech Lecha. Kanani azbaritz. Az az means all of a sudden they're Kananim here. Why are they Kananim here? The answer is they shouldn't be here, but they're conquering, which they have no right to do. Certainly, according to Sam Sefer, a guy can't fight a mechametz to take over land. Then it seems to say that we're not happy about it. But if they do it, there's a kinyan muham, which there is b'diavad. Lamaisa shame, according to this Rashi, was given Eretz yisrael, as I will show you, and Canaan was in the process of stealing it, of conquering it. Look at Rashi: Canaanias baritz, ayeholiv v'keivish eretz yisrael mi shame. That's us. That will be us. shame nafla. When Noyach split up the world, Eretz yisrael ended up in the chalik of shame. Kishalak Noyach How do we know this? Malchit Zedek, Melech Shalem. Also in this week's parsha, Zedek was Shem. Shalem is Yerushalayim. He was the Melech of Yerushalayim, which was the capital of Eretz Yisrael. <laughs> the reason it's promised Abba which is the next pasuk in Zion, if you look up top. Why does it say that here? Answer is because the last passage just said, Kanani Yazbaras. Abmavinu came. Abmavinu didn't know yet this is supposed to be his, but as Kleisro, but he knew that Shame, who he's a descendant of, had this land. And all of a sudden he comes in. He sees their Kanani soldiers all over the place, taking over village by village, city by city. And he's already used to wars because Nimrod started this idea of empires and wars and and getting people together and um, agendas. And so he's watching a major war where they're pillaging and they're stealing and then Hashem comes to Avram and says don't worry you're going to get it back and Clay Yisrael is going to come back and take it over again so this is the easier of the two it was given to Shem in the first place Canaan stole it and now we're back as I will show you in a moment it's not so easy yes No, that was with Lloyd. That was a that was different thing. That that's uses the answer, yes, but on but the other side of it. Lloyd said it's going to be mine. To be right. right. And he has no order, It's going to be ours. Yes. And Abram said no, because not it's ours yet. That's account. why I added in. No, that's a good question. That's why I added in. There's a concept called Kenyan Mohammed, which means, let's assume like some like safer, it's just easier to understand for the moment. To go take over extra land. Mendy, as you were asking, uh, can you take over, when you allow to take over more, that's a exactly custom by Yidin. They're allowed to extend to Yisrael if they want more room. Continuous to Yisrael. That's a Kiddush. Salam assumes Dover Pashat. That Kiddush does not apply where it doesn't say it, which is the rest of the Ummat can defend themselves if they're attacked. They can't go on the offensive and take over countries. The Nitziv happens to say, and historically the Nitzvib is certainly... Uh, not imagining it, and it says, Kach that's been going on since close to and every country is constantly taking over the other country and that's all people do is uh, ancient world, ancient, and including World War I, World War II and it's still going on now. It's all about land grab. Did you notice Ukraine was in the news? I don't know if anybody... Uh... It, well, part of the backdrop, it's a complicated story, is that uh, the America is supposed to be protecting them against uh, Russian encroachment and taking over. Land. They're still Everybody's still looking out to grab land. They just try to do it in a politically correct way. Uh, so they don't say uh, the Germans in World War II, when they started uh, grabbing, they announced to the world, we're not planning on grabbing so much. We just want to take back what's really ours. They have to, of course, say it's really ours and explain why it's really ours, even if it's not. So the Tziv says everybody does that the psalm safer would agree but he holds it's illegal and against the din everybody's masking. it's a parish that if they do fight the war even by going there's something called Kenya mechama we know because Amman of the Chumash tells us you know, that cities switched status because they attacked each other and took over tirubasifam that's what that's all about so late was his timing, yes but I heard there's an avuah you told me there's an avuah that we're going to get it back so no time like the present to start eating grass and Abmavinu in his rhyme said, No time like the president start eating somebody else's grass. It's Geneva. He said, Yeah, but it's going to be ours. Well, it's going to be ours another couple hundred years. It's not ours yet. So that was the argument over there. And Karani it says, They had conquered it and there's a Kenyan Muhammad. And that's it. Yeah. Malki Tzedek was, a, was shame, a shame was a tzaddik, and shame didn't go around conquering, and this is the first time the Pussig mentions somebody conquering somebody else's land. So the assumption is, if he's melech, he's melech on the assumption right now, we'll get to a moment if there's another way to learn it, is that if he's melech on means he got all of if he got all of he wouldn't fight for it because shame is the son of Noah. they just split up the world, it's a big place, he's not gonna, why would he conquer all together? There's plenty of land for everybody. Uh, you would think Canaan would agree to that also and the assumption is he had it, and he had it fair and square, because we know who shame is. And the Pesach is going out of its way to say Kanani Yos for a reason. The Pesach has no other touch. Oz means all of a sudden they're here, and that means they weren't here before, and they're here, and they're here, according to this Rashi, illegally. That's the assumption. You could divide and conquer and say that shame maybe was melech on Yushalayim and the area around that, but you've got the other parts. It's well. maybe it's as well' split up between two brothers. That's the other option over here, uh, which the sister will discuss. But the first thing you have to see is what he's going to discuss in terms of the Kasha. So before we go back to the Chum, take a look at page uh, one. You know, look at look at one B. We'll go we'll go in order. There are two Rashi's and Chumish that say not like this Rashi. They seem to indicate that Canaan and Chum got it first. Uh, sounds like the one of the longest running yeshivas uh, before Sarem Pomadiso was the yeshiva Shem Avram. Didn't have a whole lot of Tamidim, but the ones they had were very, very, very chashu. uh so The fingers not of not one hand. What? Avram knew Shem. Yes, there are majority, we have many chazals that tell us that they had met already. Uh, first of all, they were very related, and uh, yes, they had met. And uh, part of the Mesera Certainly that Avraham Avinu uh, developed his understanding of Akash Baruch and how the world works and how it's created, he had information from shame. The Godless <clears> is <throat> when he figured it out as a young child, he didn't have access to the information because his father in the media family didn't tell him any of this. That was, So later on, he had more information from shame. It's, it's very misdabber. Presumably this isn't his first meeting with shame. It doesn't say. It sounds like it's the first time they met because he comes out and Malkit like said that comes with wine and give him but... I don't see any reason to say it's the first time they met. He won a war. He put himself at Sakana. He wants to thank him. And Rashi says he wants to let him know that he doesn't have tainas, that he had to kill some people. and But uh, Lavdafki, have to say it's the first time they met. Yes? Avram, what was that? Avram, Noyad, right? Yeah. So not shame because... uh, yeah, I'm, I have no problem with it. I don't think it's much it at all to say it's the first time they met. It sounds like it's impossible it's the first time we're meeting Malkit Zedek, but yeah. Good question. It's a shame. There were always one or two people, maybe three, in a whole wild world who still believe in Akash Baru. but the difference between Avraham and Neyach and Avraham and Shem and Avraham and Aver is that he made it his life's mission to spread it and uh, convince the people again that this is the MS and that they floated away and they're off base. Mm-hmm. And he spent his life doing it. He put his life in danger to do it. He almost got killed doing it. Then or caused him. And that's the difference. So does that mean so, that is our law, uh, uh, that, that was... Uh Abram role, Yesucca Vina's role, it's very clear Yaakovinu was not doing that. That's a different schmooz, but if you're asking. And the reason he wasn't doing it is the he already had twelve Shvatim and he had Klais roll and he had to do kier Kravim. It doesn't mean we shouldn't do Kravim but it can't be the the only role because here Abh Avinu, Avinu, wasn't Nefesh or Asubakharan, which everybody asks, what happened to them? He had thousands and thousands of Tamidim, we go to the praises. all of Shabim, a sudden seventy people going down. Where there we go. But one day, with Talmidim, was the yeshiva. So, Pashachas never shas doesn't mean they were makabal to be Yidden to keep mitzvahs. They he taught them Zion mitzvahs. So they were living in the village and they were from goyim. Others say they took a back to the woodworks, but those are the future of the shamas of the goyim. They're different Mahalchem. But it's clear when they went down to Mitzrayim, the focus was place to so all the seventy people with the family. So that's the that's a, a very important Pashkafa. so That's the short version, but that's the. Uh, that's the answer. Okay, first Tira on page one B is the first Rashi of Chumash. So I'm sure if you're my and you saw the Rashi we just saw in Lech Lecha, where it's clear that we had a first and Chum took it from us, right away popped into your head was the first Rashi of Chumash that says the exact opposite. How do I know that? So take a look at Rashi. I'm Very first Rashi. Stahm, an interesting assumption. Why does the Torah start with the first mitzvah, If the Torah would start with al we'd be missing a lot of information in all the So the Sissacham adds in, it doesn't mean we wouldn't have the information, we'd learn a lot from the other and the Shiftei Ka. But it would have been a separate safer like Shu and Shifteim. It would have been a separate safer to learn things out of, but Torah is for the Torah, so start with al So why didn't it? The answer is, it has to tell us another din in real estate, and Hilchus Karkas, and Hilchus Karkas, and in Exelas, and Halachas, of who owns what. So that's a, a din. And even though it's a din that we have to know, and Rashi seems to say we should tell the ga'im. the Gayim, I guess, in different Kufas would listen, wouldn't listen, and I guess the Gayim nowadays who want to listen will hear the story. So what's the story? Ma'tam, Pasach Mishum, Kayach Maisev, higed Lama, Losses, What's that all about? So sounds already from the first pasuk that the Kayach Maisav, HaKosh Baruch Hu's Kayach in creating the world, is why he's giving it to whomever he pleases and he's telling Kalei Yisrael he's giving Eretz Yisrael ultimately to them. It's a Kayach Maisav, Higid La'ama Loss 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 but the pasuk tells you nachlas Goyim means who owned it first? The Goyim. Chum. Shem Yair um Masayelam Yisrael Listem Atem you ever hear that, Taina? It's, uh, old as the hills. And they are still saying it every day today. So if they accuse us of being Listim, unfortunately it's not just the United Nations. It's the United Nations they've convinced many other uh, liberals and many uh, Jews who don't know what's going on because they don't know the first Rashi and Chumash. Shekavash Is He took it away from the descendants of Ham. Hey, my me Your answer is Kali Yisrael, Kalarit Shalakaj Baruchu. He who bara in the la share Yeshua beinu. Hashem created the world; it's his to give out at whatever time he wants to whomever he pleases. Beret sonah in the sonah lahem, beret not Laham, and asin lahu. The Ferish and Rashi, beret sonah asin lahem means Hashem gave it to Canaan to chum because he wanted them to hold it. And they were holding it until such time that Hashem gives it to us and Hashem promised it to us and He gave it to us and that's why we were told to go in and take it back. So this Rashi says that it was given to Lacham first and Hashem created the world so it's Him to give and take. That's the opposite of what we have in Parashat Lach. And then there's a third Rashi which we're not going to get to now but you have to do the Pelayets, so I'm going to keep you a little bit in suspense. Uh, if you want you could... Uh, Find it and you'll be a little prepared, but we'll, Mr. Sham get to it next week. Let's go to the Feliyahets. <clears throat> we have to stop relatively on time. They still have to daven. in. We're on page Mem Gimel, and you're always going to think I rigged this on purpose. So the entry we just started yesterday was about stealing things. So um, that certainly uh, segues from our Sugya, page Mem Gimel. The entry is Oh No. A noah doing mecha means that stealing is when you steal somebody's wallet. Stealing is possibly when you steal somebody's land, even though Kake and exelus, that means the land didn't go anywhere. So in Halacha, Kinyin, it's not nigzol with the various nafkiminas. And, unless Hashem gives it to you. And stealing can also mean the more common application, and nowadays is where the person convinces himself he's not stealing. He's not stealing some object, he's paying for it. Malamai charging too much or he's paying too little or no, it can go in either direction. And yes, there's a range. And the Gemara says up to a sixth. You can't really move out to the Mecca because nothing has really a set price, although there are stock items that do have a set price. And by Karka, it's really hard to assess what the real estate's worth. So I don't know, but shine him say, it's up to 50%. That's when you don't know it has a real value and you don't think you're really ripping him off. If you know and every broker knows and every uh, assessor knows and everybody knows but the buyer, that's the losser. Ah, but they don't know a kakas. So that means there's no kanasav or not. doesn't mean you can rip them off. can't go over the whole sugya in three minutes, but it's a sugya and uh, anybody who becomes a doctor has to go to medical school to learn how to operate and has to go to Shear to learn about the halakhas and anybody going to real estate, that's including the buyers and sellers and the attorneys, and the brokers have to learn Hilche uh, Sana. I can't tell you how many times I've been told by people in the field who learned the sugi in Bab and they say, I remember when I learned the sugya. isn't there a klal? I don't know about So that's commonly, I said, yeah, the Gemara says that, and you got to look at the Rishanim, and they all say, it doesn't mean you can rip somebody off, it means that it's a very inexact science, when it comes to real estate, and uh, very hard to put an exact Number on it, because there's so many factors, depends who wants it, and uh, changes from minute to minute sometimes, but there's a range, and then there's ridiculous, and then there's hiding information. So yes, there can be on Noah uh, as well. So, with that, There's a generalist of gezel, and then, as we mentioned yesterday, there are many, many dinamah which have a generalist gazel gezel, and then a specific iser of what type of gezel you're doing. ala And there are many people who either don't know their dinim about how to regulate their business practices or don't want to know or a mixture of both. They prefer to remain Amaratzim. They don't know what it is. They don't know what the parameters are. And you can't know it unless you learn it or ask a lot for each situation. A great line. There are many people who deep down are a little bothered by what they think is uh, not such uh, black and white business practice, but they say, you know what? That's not oh no. That's called being a sharp businessman, which is a compliment. What well, do you think I'm going to let them uh, push me around and play around? So you don't have to let people step on you and have you and you got to be on top of things. that's to protect yourself. But the Peleyes is calling out all those people that deep down know there's certainly a shayla over here, and they're saying, no, everybody does that, and that's called harifus and Heshtadlus. And whatever a person has, is no guarantee he's going to still have it. And certainly, if it's ill-gotten gains is more of a chance that ultimately it's not going to be around. anavi, Maranavi. Eisa Eishar V'loi B'mishpat B'chatsi Yama Frightening Pasek. And you'll say, well, we don't always see it. The answers don't always see it, but Hashem has, Kaviyachal, a long memory. So what we see and don't see is similar to what we just discussed in the Navi. The fact that a is not Seemingly, in the surface, doing well and struggling struggling, uh, Tzadik, Ra'ala, with Tavloi, is an eyesore and always a struggle with Amun and Bitochen. And certainly in the marketplace, you see people getting away with things. But that doesn't mean that the baruchu is not taking everything down, Yezdin ve yezdayin, And uh, you have to be... Uh, there was a Ma'asam once with uh, the Chavetz Chaim. There's somebody who had... Uh, they sent somebody to ask him to try to stop it. There was a landlord, I'm not against landlords or uh, corporate executives, and we're not automatically the knee jerk reaction today in many circles is they're all evil and they're all uh, dishonest, and they're all that's coming from certain political areas. Uh, so, with that disclaimer, there are people who are greedy and do the wrong thing. And there was a guy who had an almana on his house, and she couldn't pay rent. and as a shiloh, what do you do when somebody can't pay rent? And what do you do when uh, you're using the rent to cover your mortgage? And you had to be there for this particular case, but apparently the Chavez Chaim knew about it and had even sent uh, a message that you shouldn't be evicting her in the middle of the winter in Poland, where it's 20 below zero, and she really can't pay, and you have 25 of these houses, and your mortgage is covered, and don't worry about it. It's a complicated topic, because often they're not paying, especially in New York, where uh, in the city that... that tenant has rights that are uh, unbelievable, and um, it's an achanveh on the landlord, and he can't cover his mortgage. So, in this particular case, uh, the guy got fed up, and uh, she still couldn't pay, and he one day came in the dead of winter and took off the roof. She, with little kids, had to move because they were freezing. The Chavez Chaim saw that, and obviously was very upset, and nobody could do anything, and whatever happened, happened, but it was an avla. and decades later, this landlord had le'elenu, uh, shrek things happening to him, and the which is, it's noteworthy, the story is about the Chafetz Chaim. Chaim, if you haven't heard, never talk Lashon Har, unless he had to do it with the Ellis to say a point, point. and he verbalized to somebody, that's how we know the story, that he was waiting to see the Yad Hashem, and to see the Din, and sometimes it takes decades. That is a scary story, but there could have been 30 years, 40 years in between, and if you don't see it, it's also not a kasha. So he's pointing out that uh, the fact that they're succeeding, it looks like they're succeeding, doesn't mean it's right. It's not going to help him in the long run. It's going to hurt him. And if he's getting with his covered hamaduma, that's not good for him. Look at Pyro and Khabashan, who got lots of for what they did, the small amount of good they did. And it was, and they were ultimately destroyed. So what you're seeing constantly remind ourselves, especially in the marketplace, what you're seeing in terms of covenant meduma or what looks like success, even if it goes on for many years, doesn't mean that it made the mice correct and you have to keep your eye on the sift cotton and on the safer to see what the din is and act accordingly. Okay.